Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Hokey Hangover Podcast. My name is Andrew Alex. I am joined today by one of the two usual suspects, regular blue in the 757. What's going on, man? Dude, I don't remember the last time all three of us were on the on the pod together, but uh no, nah, I'm doing really good. Um looking forward to getting everybody back after the Notre Dame Notre Dame game this weekend. Also, uh this will be the first time that myself, Andrew, and Michael will all be present in Blacksburg at the same time since, well, I don't know, maybe 2018. Keep in mind, in 2018, we didn't know each other. Exactly. Exactly. So this is the first time that the three of us will be in our home away from home together since we started this project. Indeed. Indeed. And I'm super excited for it. Um, Mike can't make it today. Stuff going on with the family. Don't worry. It's good news on that end. And we are excited to see him on Saturday. But Ricky, I want to get into all this Notre Dame stuff. But first, you know what we have to do. I got to thank the good folks over at Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy in downtown Blacksburg is the pharmacy that you want to go to if you want a health care provider that truly cares about you. Be a neighbor, not a number. And look no further than Main Street Pharmacy, Dr. Jeremy Counts. And his wonderful staff will take care of everything you need. Okay, Ricky. So, and we'll get into more of it towards the end of the podcast. The ACC is in complete chaos. (laughs) Yeah. Notre Notre Dame is in, I won't say chaos, I'll call it something bordering disarray. So from the 10,000-foot view, I know this was the game that people had circled on the schedule going into the season. Maybe other than North Carolina, this would be it, if this wasn't it already. But with Pitt on the horizon, knowing what's happened to Notre Dame so far, has your opinion on the importance of this game changed at all? I think this game is more important for Virginia Tech to prove to themselves that they belong on the same field with these types of teams. This game, in terms of win and loss, means zero as it relates to the ACC standings. Now, that wouldn't have been the case last year, but that's where we're at right now, um, given this weird relationship between Notre Dame and the ACC. Tech is, I mean, in the driver's seat, along with Pitt right now in the ACC Coastal, and while this game doesn't mean anything in terms of Tech's ability to win, I think it does mean a good bit in terms of them keeping their focus and building that confidence that they're capable of competing with elite teams. Notre Dame is certainly not uh, a national title contender, but given the talent that they have on the defensive side of the ball, And even though their offense has been pretty shaky, they still have some potential there and some upside. So Notre Dame is still one of the most talented teams that they'll play the entire season. And I think uh, showing that they can compete with them to the whistle in a big environment, which the last time that this environment was created, Virginia Tech didn't really show up. um, It's, it's a huge game, I think, for Virginia Tech's morale. And, um, you know, now, now that I'm kind of talking it through with you, you kind of going back to the um, the win over Richmond where Dax Hollyfield and 
and um, and other players were talking about the need to stay off of social media. Um, maybe this this win is really big for for their psyche. Yeah, and for the coaching staff, if the goal is to further dispel the narrative that Virginia Tech chokes on the big stage, this has to be a very important game. Look, we'll get into Notre Dame in a second. But this Notre Dame team is far from the Notre Dame team that we saw in the college football playoff last year. I think if you had to compare a Notre Dame team to this Notre Dame team, it would be the Notre Dame team that we saw under Brian Kelly in 2016 when the Hokies walked into South Bend, went down big, but still came away with the win. Now, that was a Notre Dame team that finished with a losing record. I don't necessarily know or think or believe that this Notre Dame team will have similar luck. But at the end of the day, you're not facing a juggernaut here, but you're facing a brand, a brand that's coming into this game, ranked number 13 or 14 overall, depending on what poll you're looking at. There is going to be 60-some-odd thousand people in this crowd if the rain doesn't scare the losers away. And by the way, if you have tickets to this game, and you're not willing to go sit in the rain for four quarters and watch it, assuming the game remains competitive, then hand your ticket to a drunk student on the street because maybe they will. <laughs> I'm serious. Come on. I, yeah, if I, can, if I can go from the opening whistle to the end of the whistle for the 2015 pit game, which is a game that I bring up so often, which was like 40, low 40s, constant rain virginia tech had uh less than like 150 yards of total offense um and they were sacked like seven or eight times if i can sit and watch that game from start to finish then you can show up early and and be loud for the notre dame game and you know it's it's this interesting situation right because so many people are upset with virginia tech's performance i guess against west virginia their lackluster performance against Richmond. Um, and Virginia Tech still has a very realistic chance of making the ACC title game. That's that's the point that we're at right now. So it's kind of hard, I think, for some folks to balance the fact that, hey, they may not feel very comfortable about the future of the program under Justin Fuente's leadership, but in terms of this season, the ACC Coastal is wide open, and no matter how bad you think Virginia Tech is, they still have a shot to get to Charlotte, and and that alone has to be enough to kind of you know wake people up and be like, hey, if you've got tickets, you've got to make it make it worth your while because you never know what's going to happen with this season. As Gary Koch said at TPC Sawgrass years ago when Tiger Woods sank that putt. Virginia Tech's chances on paper right now in the ACC Coastal are better than most. But it starts with execution. I think it starts with gaining confidence in themselves, showing that this offense can actually move the ball. But Notre Dame's got problems too. Ricky, I got to ask you, how much of Notre Dame's game against Cincinnati were you able to watch? I watched the a, a good bit of it, not the entire thing. I watched a lot of the second half. Um, it's it's kind of hard to gauge Notre Dame um, 
against Cincinnati because we know how good that defense is in Cincinnati. They're excellent. Um, and, you know, Jack Cohn is someone who has been a little up and down. Uh, statistically, he's having a pretty decent season. Uh, nothing that jumps off the page, but nine touchdowns to three picks is not a bad ratio. Uh, but Drew Pine, his ability to create and go off script is big for an offense that is struggling up front, at least in the last couple of weeks. Their their offensive line has not played very Notre Dame-like, uh, at least relative to what we're seeing. Their receivers aren't generating the separation consistently. So you get someone like Drew Pine in there who is a bit I mean, he's not Ian Book, but in terms of his play style, he's a bit more like Ian Book, whereas Jack Cohn is a bit more of a you know a pocket passer, someone who aims to take care of the football and 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 beat you from the pocket. Drew Pine's not that guy, and for Virginia Tech's sake, I would you know I would hope that Jack Cohn will get the start, but uh, Drew Pine seems like he has the the best chance of moving this offense in the right direction for Notre Dame. And he had some moderate success against Cincinnati. And I don't think Virginia Tech's defense is as good as the Bearcats, but Tech's defense is is, is still pretty solid. So Tech can realistically keep this Notre Dame offense, you know, within maybe three or four scores. And if they can do that, then they have a chance to win. Uh, But that's going to be every game that Tech plays this season. So between Pine and Cone, we don't necessarily know who's going to start, but I think that they're leaning towards Pine. Are you more comfortable having a guy starting his first career meaningful football game for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish behind center as opposed to Cone, a guy who has struggled at times but also has a ton of Power 5 football experience playing at the University of Wisconsin? My thing with Cone is I feel I, f- I feel a, a lot more comfortable with Justin Hamilton's ability to slow down someone who can't create. Whereas with with Pine, I worry that Pine's mobility will be an issue. Um, Hamilton takes a lot of a, a lot in his scheme from Bud Foster. We all know that. Tech has been playing a lot of man-to-man coverage this season relative to last season. Um, anytime you're you're manning up on the outsides, you leave your you you leave yourself open to being gashed by a mobile quarterback. And um, I I trust Virginia Tech's ability to hold up against someone who can who is going to try and beat you from the pocket. Um, and I think it would be easier on the Tech pass rush if that were the case. But when you have someone like Pine who can get out and create with his legs, I, I worry that he can maybe cause some problems for this defensive line and for the linebackers as well. Uh, even though Dax has looked, for the most part, he's been better at Mike than he was at Backer uh, earlier in his career, and Tisdale has been decent this season. Uh, but still, Pine's mobility worries me. It's interesting that you say that because I totally agree, but at the same time, you look at the game that Jared Dogie, a guy who is as, as immobile as it gets in college football, had against Virginia Tech versus a guy like Sam Howell, who 
I mean, obviously we know what he can do with his arm, but he was billed and has proven himself to be sort of this mobile threat. And Tech had an easier time getting to Hal than they did to Dogie. Now, maybe that speaks to the offensive line, but let's be honest. And we're talking about Notre Dame here. Notre Dame's O-line U, outside of a couple other schools like Wisconsin, who's got more active offensive linemen? You can look at recent drafts, guys like Liam Eichenberg, who was picked by Miami in the second. Now, you talk about probably the best offensive lineman in professional football, Quentin Nelson, a product of the state of New Jersey, also a product of Notre Dame. This is an O-line school, but their pass protection so far has been horrible. Virginia Tech, a team that got to Sam Howe so constantly and effectively in what was the biggest game of the year so far, has sort of slowed down with that pass rush. What do they need to do that they haven't been doing in the past three games? Tech's got to find a way to to win their one-on-one matchups up front. Um, I think they need to get a bit creative with the the pressures that they're going to bring. Amari Barno is being schemed out of the game, um, and that's disappointing because I kind of hoped that he was he was someone who could transcend that, but we haven't seen that so far. Um, getting guys like Dax Hollyfield involved, Alan Tisdale involved, Amari Connor. Uh, maybe even getting Jermaine Waller involved. Who Jermaine Waller, for, for those who've been you know paying attention a bit deeper on defense, has been taking a lot of snaps from that slot nickel position. Uh, they've been having him follow uh, guys inside. So getting those other defenders that are in the box involved is is huge for a defense that is really good on the back end. I think with Virginia Tech. Uh, but they they haven't been able to pair that with the pass rush like we saw week one. In terms of the running game for Notre Dame so far this season, having a bad offensive line, not an incredible way to, you know, really move the ball on the ground. However, Notre Dame does have talented running backs. You look at Williams. I know, of course, you, Ricky, a guy that used to report on recruiting religiously, going to remember the name Chris Tyree. Yep. It's mostly the short, quick passing screen games, sort of similar to a lot of what Tech does. Based on what we've seen so far, do you think this team is equipped to stop those guys? Chris Tyree scares the hell out of me, man. Um, he's he's a a firework. He's a, a he's a stick of dynamite. Like he's he can he can blow the game open. He's got that kind of speed. I remember watching him when he was a recruit um, at the opening, and he won the forty-yard dash time. Um, and he was—he ran like an unofficial four-two-eight, uh, which is pretty damn fast, obviously. Um, but like you mentioned, their running backs haven't really done much running the football. I mean, both Kyron Williams and Tyree are averaging under four yards carry. Um, those guys just haven't been able to get anything going. And a lot of that is attributable to that, that offensive front that just has not produced like we're accustomed to seeing. But uh, I, I would expect Brian Kelly to get his backs involved in the passing game because those really are his two best offensive playmakers. As far as I can tell, um, I, I know Michael Mayer is a, a guy that they really rely on. And, and he's someone that you have to um, have to make sure that you're schemed up against, but, 
Williams and Tyree are, are really, really good players. Kyron Williams is a guy that has had a productive career. Um, I know he's not really putting much up this year, but he does have five touchdowns so far. And then Tyree is someone, again, who just has that speed that can really cause you problems. Um, this is this is going to be a test, I think, to Justin Hamilton's ability to play that, that chess match in the middle of the game. How is he able to counteract what the Irish are doing to try and get those guys the football? Because I do expect them to try and get a little creative as to how they get them the football. And also they have to make sure they maintain gap integrity. We saw what Letty Brown did in the start of the West Virginia game. And both Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree are capable of doing that at any point when they get the football. The tight end position, probably the most dangerous. Michael Mayer, Notre Dame's tight end, an NFL prototype if I've ever seen one, had some injury issues during the week. He is expected to play, though he has been limited in practice. Let's assume he's full go. How does Virginia Tech stop what seems to be the equivalent of a college Rob Gronkowski? It's going to be a test for Shamari Connor for sure. Uh, I would expect Alan Tisdale get some some look um, <clears throat> with him as well. Deontay Jenkins, Nasir Peoples, Tay Daly, they're all going to be tasked with stopping him. Um, and Tech is going to have to find a way to keep him bottled up because you know, anytime you have a quarterback who is is young and is trying to find his way, especially one that's mobile, they like to feed the ball to the tight end. And tight ends are often security blankets for quarterbacks. And and you touched on how good Michael Mayer's been. Um, he's got three touchdown catches already this year. And he is someone that could impact this game uh, both – in space and also vertically down the field. I think tech really does have to keep an eye on him. And quite honestly, I would, it would not shock me if the Hokies really load up on those one-on-ones outside and then really try and keep everything in the middle of the field. So that way they can slow mayor down and also try and keep more guys in the box to slow down those running backs and make sure that they've got people on them in every situation and that they're not getting uh, too many one-on-one opportunities. All right, let's move on to Virginia Tech's offense because I, I think we established there that regardless of who's quarterback for Notre Dame, it's going to be Mayer, Williams, and Tyree that are the biggest offensive threats. And it's Notre Dame, they have a decent wide receiving core, but those are the guys to highlight. Bad offensive line. It seems like if Virginia Tech's defense can play the way that they have so far this season, it's an advantageous matchup against the Notre Dame offense that struggled. However, Notre Dame's defense has arguably been better. Virginia Tech's offense has almost arguably been worse. If you're Justin Fuente in the bye week, what are you working on? What are you scheming up? You had two weeks. What gets better here? Well, they've got to find a way to run the football better without uh, incorporating Braxton Burmeister in it too much. Um, Jalen Holston and Raheem Blackshear have not been able to find a consistent ground presence. The offensive line has played a large role in that. Um, I'm not sure if Silas Danzi is available for this game. I, I don't remember Virginia Tech saying definitively one way or the other um, if he was going to be available. But I do kind of like the um, the adjustment on the line that we saw with Lasita Smith 
bumping out the left tackle. We had uh, talked about something close to that on the podcast before the Richmond game where I had suggested I thought Luke Tenuta um, would stay at left tackle, but Lasita Smith would maybe go out to right tackle and see how he could hold up there. But the Hokies put their best guy at left tackle and let him go, and I don't necessarily disagree with it. I think Lasita Smith is capable of holding it down, especially since that's not a position that he is – really familiar with and he's really only only going to get better the more he plays there but um finding a way to run the football consistently i think is huge we know the tech passing game is limited uh the Hokies receivers are not going to blow the game open really at any point that's just not who they are at this at this point we have to accept that um but you can give them more opportunities to get the ball downfield if you if you're forcing defenses to bring more guys in the box and you have to have some success when those guys, when they bring those guys in the box and tech so far just has not been able to run the football. I think also they need to continue to find ways to get Raheem Blackshear, the ball in space. I love when they involve him in the passing game. I think that it's really the best way that they've used him thus far in his Virginia tech career. And if they can do those two things, I think the tech offense can be competent but um, we are at the point in the season where, barring a drastic shift in what we've seen thus far, the Tech offense is what it is. I don't think it's going to change all that much. From North Carolina to now, have there been any positive takeaways from the Tech offense? Is there anything that you've seen, maybe against Richmond, maybe against West Virginia, where you said, okay, that wasn't necessarily a fold in the offense that appeared in week one against North Carolina or week two against Middle Tennessee State. But even in disappointing games, like, okay, we could play this to our advantage. Nothing consistently, and that's been the issue. I think Tech has, has found some success moving the ball down the field at times. We've seen some really good throws uh, from Burmeister in spots. Um, again, it's, it's a matter of consistency. It's a matter of being able to play – good offensive football for more than a quarter. And that's been the problem for the Hokies thus far. And just about every game you can go in and look and find one quarter of football in every game where Tech's offense has looked really good. We saw it against North Carolina right off the start. We saw it later in the game against West Virginia. Um, not so much against Richmond. The offense really didn't look all that good for just from just about start to finish. Um, but so far, the the Tech offense has had some stretches where they have been pretty good, but those stretches have not lasted for more than 10 to 15 minutes, and that's that's the problem in itself. Um, if, if they can find a way to get Burmeister more throws that he's comfortable with, uh, maybe they can get him going early on. And I think from this point on, it's really important that Tech gets out to a good start on offense. If they're going to stink, I think they need to get all their good stuff out early and allow their defense to play with the lead. I think if you can get your defense the lead, you feel a lot better about your chances of winning rather than relying on your defense to have to play perfect football in the second half and then relying on your offense to go and get the lead away from the opposing team. What about this notion that we need to force the ball downfield to Trey Turner? A lot of fans are looking at it. Trey Turner, Tavion Robinson, they want more action. Turner made some sports center quality plays against Richmond. 
statistically the first 100-yard game he's had in over two years. Is that something the Tech needs to do? I mean, obviously, if it's like pouring rain, that might even be impossible. But let's imagine that it's possible. Is that something that Justin Fuente should be game plan? Yeah. I mean, they definitely want to get guys like Trey Turner and Tavion Robinson chances downfield, but the line has to hold up in order for those chances to be there. Burmeister has to have the vision to see that those chances are open. There have been some throws this year where he has made the wrong decision and he's completely missed the guy open. And then a lot of it goes back to the receivers and winning one-on-one matchups. Um, Trey Turner, until this Richmond game has been uh, very quiet. And a lot of that is because he is not creating the separation necessary. Um, He's a talented player. We all know this, but Trey has not shown the ability to take over a game at receiver. Like we saw at times from Isaiah Ford or Cam Phillips. Um, Those guys could take over a game for stretches of it. And they were that good. And Trey Turner's got some some explosiveness to him, and he's a weapon that you want to utilize. But ultimately, Trey has not shown the ability to break open the game and and, and, and flip the script with his ability um, more often than not. So, yes, I think Tech needs to try and find ways to get the ball downfield, but I don't think that that is the most important part of this offense. I think finding a way to run the football without putting your quarterback in harm's way too many times is the key. And if they can get the ball moving on the ground and find a way for Jalen Holston or Raheem Blackshear, or if they want to bring involve him again, Keyshawn King, if they want to get, um, if they want to find more success on the offensive end, they're going to have a lot better time of it trying to move the ball on the ground with those guys and then opening things up in the passing game afterwards. Do you think the rain plays to Virginia Tech's advantage or to Notre Dame? Neither. Um, It's going to be a bit of a slog anyway, right? Because these two defenses are really good. Uh, Whatever the under is, bet the under if you're a betting betting person. Um, I would have bet that anyway, regardless of the weather. But if the weather is bad for this game, then I think it's just going to accentuate the strengths of either team because both teams are defensive minded. What it really could um, open up some opportunities for, for both sides is on special teams. Tech's kicking game in terms of place kicking has not been very good. Punning wise, uh, Peter Moore has been terrific, but um, we have not seen John Parker Romo have a very good season so far. And the weather could play an impact there. I wonder how that impacts Justin Fuentes' decision making when it when it uh, comes to going forward on fourth down rather than kicking the field goal. Um, I'm not entirely clued in on Notre Dame's uh, special team situation, but when the game gets like this and it's really low scoring, a a big explosive special teams play can make the difference and given how good each team's defense is and given how much struggle we're seeing on the offensive end, um, it would not shock me if special teams ends up playing the difference. And also one more thing about Virginia Tech's offense. If there was ever a game to get Connor Blumrick involved and allow him to muck it up with a lot of quarterback runs, this might be the game. 
Is there a number of points that Virginia Tech needs to get to at a minimum to have a chance to win? Like, what's the floor for victory? Tech's probably got to score 20 or 20-plus 20 if they want a chance to win. Um, I think Notre Dame has enough talent that they're going to score um, more than – they'll score at least two touchdowns, I think. Um, so Tech's, Tech probably needs to get to that 20-point range if they want a realistic shot at winning. Anything below that, and they're they're betting on a, a absolutely stellar defensive performance, which is possible, but you can't bank on that. Who's the X Factor? Is there one player you look at and you say Virginia Tech's success rides on this player or one or two players? Well, it's easy to say Burmeister, um, and that's probably the right answer. But every time I think about this Virginia Tech offense, Raheem Blackshear is the guy that comes to mind. I I don't feel like the Hokies utilize him enough in the passing game. I, I just think that they're they're missing opportunities by not getting him involved more, trying to throw the ball into the flat, trying to get him the ball in space, use his unique athleticism, his unique size, um, coming out of the backfield, trying to match him up against linebackers and safeties. He's a guy who can win those matchups. And um, I think any time Virginia Tech gets him involved consistently in the passing game, I think the offense is better. Uh, than it is without that. All right, Ricky, without further ado, let's get into our ACC picks here. So I don't know what the overall standings are right now because I can't find the pre-Richmond picks. Oh, what I do no. know is that oh, I had no. my worst. No, don't worry. I mean, worst comes to worst. I'll just go back and listen to the pod and get them. <laughs> but it's all recorded. But I know that last week, you had the best week, a 7-2 and two week. I was on the other side. I went 2-7, and seven, so... My first place uh, stronghold might be completely toast, but UVA at Louisville. Louisville minus two and a half. Louisville's coming off a tough loss against Wake Forest. Um, I I trust UVA a bit more. Uh, it is on the road, but I'll take Virginia to win this game. Um, Virginia's up against the ropes here at two conference losses already. If they go to three losses, they basically have to win out, I think, if they want to win the Coastal. Um, I'll take Virginia to win that game. Yeah, I kind of like Virginia outright as well. The question is, can their defense stop literally anyone or anything? (laughs) Being a Virginia fan would be extremely frustrating right now, akin to that of being a Virginia Tech fan in 2018 when – you know, Willis and those guys actually were moving the ball at times, but it didn't matter because a, a very young defense couldn't stop anyone. Dude, the, the Virginia-Virginia Tech game later this year is going to be such a mess because you're going to have Virginia's really good offense versus Tech's really good defense. But then on the other side, right, you're going to have Tech's awful offense versus Virginia's awful defense. That's going to be a fun, a fun. And it sounds like a 27, 24 game to me. (laughs) I can't wait though. I'm definitely going to that game, regardless of how all this ends up. I I think that will be a really fun one. But yeah, I'm going to go with Virginia outright here as well. Uh, Georgia tech minus three and a half at Duke. I'm going to go with Georgia tech here. I don't often pick against Duke, but uh, they weren't impressive last week, Ricky. 
neither of these teams are particularly impressive, although Georgia Tech's win against Carolina in um, in the Mercedes-Benz Superplex, whatever the hell you want to call that stadium, it's nice. Uh, that was one of the better wins of the year in the ACC uh, so far. Um, that being said, I don't trust Georgia Tech on the road, so I'll take Duke with the points. Here's a question for you. Has Jeff Collins bought him like some more support from the fans with a win like that? For now. Um, I mean, that can, that can erode pretty quickly, right? People aren't very happy with him at the moment, and I can't say I blame them now. They, they do have to remember that Jeff Collins took over an awful group of players that were in any system not named the option right paul johnson was recruiting an option team so that that team was built for the option and jeff collins has has tried to roll that roster over and in the the days of the transfer portal it's a bit easier but that still takes a lot of time so uh georgia tech still has to play at uva they got to play miami they have boston college notre dame and georgia to finish the season um, he may have bought himself a little time for now, but that end of the season stretch could get ugly. And by the end of this thing, the fans could be just as pissed off as they were with the loss to uh, Northern Illinois. Yeah. And on the other side, does Georgia Tech beating North Carolina, does that make you lose confidence in Virginia Tech at all? I mean, yeah, that win against Carolina is does not mean what we thought it meant. Absolutely not. All right, the Steam and Deeks minus six at Syracuse. Hammer Wake, right? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, give me Wake Forest. They're at the moment, I think they're the best team in the um in the Atlantic, even though NC State is pretty good. But I, I have a feeling that Wake's gonna beat them. Um so give me Wake Forest to stay undefeated. Florida State at North Carolina. North Carolina seventeen and a half point favorites. This is one of those weird ones because, like, Florida State's bad. We know that. But Carolina is just weeks, a couple weeks removed from getting just embarrassed by Georgia Tech. And then they go back out and beat Duke by 31 last week, um, which I think was one of the picks I got wrong. I think I picked Duke to, to cover that spread. Uh, hmm. I'll take Carolina to cover. Uh, Florida State's not very good, and things are things are not going well over there. It's hard to grasp any consistency from either of these teams. I mean, Florida yeah. State's consistently losing. <laughs> it's just a matter of how they're playing in those losses. It really determines like what kind of Tar Heel team shows up to this game. I think that will determine it. I'm going to go ahead and say that a. Uh, a lesser version of the product arrives, and I'll—I mean, North Carolina's going to win, but I'll say Florida State covers. All right, I got two bonus games in here because there's a couple teams on bye weeks this week. Penn State at Iowa, what truly is the game of the week in college football? Iowa, a point and a half favorite. Iowa. I like Iowa as well. I like and Iowa big. Actually. I think I think my head tells me Penn State, but I desperately want Iowa to win this game. So give me give me the Hawkeyes. I mean, that might be my logic too, but whatever. Uh, and then what college game day has deemed to be game day worthy, when it really should be Penn State, Iowa, the Red River rivalry, 
Texas, an embarrassment to college football versus Oklahoma, a team that can't beat anyone by more than a touchdown. Oklahoma, three and a half point favorite. Uh, I just despise Texas, um, the, the the football program, for, for clarification. Their Rattler is not a Heisman candidate. I don't know why people keep bringing him up. Um, he is he's he's decent, but he is not an elite quarterback right now. Uh, but I'll take um, I'll I'll take the Sooners. Yeah, imagine a world where we say Spencer Rattler's not a Heisman candidate, but Kenny Pickett is. And Kenny Pickett gets the week off before Virginia Tech. Thanks, ACC schedulers. <laughs> right, come on. That game, in my opinion, is so much more important than this game, which is crazy, but it's true. But speaking of this game, Notre Dame, a one-point favorite at Lane Stadium under the lights, presumably in the rain on Saturday night. Ricky, what do you got? Give me your score prediction. Uh, I find it interesting that Tech is in a pick game, basically, with the Irish, given that um... – Notre Dame is 14th in the country, but I think Vegas realizes that that Notre Dame offense is just got too many question marks at the moment. Um, with that, with that being said, though, I'm still going to take Notre Dame to win this game. I do think it's going to be really close. Um, I I would be shocked if Tech gets blown out in this game. If Tech gets blown out in this game, then we're going to have one hell of a podcast to record next week. Um, I'll take the Irish in a close one. Give me the Irish, uh, 21 to 21 to 17. Um, I I think it's going to be that close. Yeah, I was going to go with 24, 21 Notre Dame. I could see this game going in a number of ways. The only way I really can't see it going is a shootout either way. But Virginia Tech's offense shows me more consistency. I'm going to go with the better team on paper, and that team is Notre Dame. So the only the only kind of blowout we're going to see, I think, in this game is like a 28 to nothing or like a a 28 to three type performance. Um, Other than that, I think it's going to be pretty close. And again, it's going to be one of those three and a half hour stomach aches that Justin Fuente talked about in 2017. Every single tech game is going to be one of those from now on for at least for the rest of the season, given given w- what this offense is. Yep, until they show us more, and that's that's the way it's gonna go, Rick. All right, what do you got to say to the folks at home before we check out here? Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, if you see the boys in Blacksburg this weekend, uh, let us know. Come find us. Um, I'll be walking around Lane Stadium beforehand if the weather isn't too bad. Um I'll probably go see some people like I did before the Richmond game. Uh, Mike and I will be in the box together. Andrew, I don't know where you will be. I'm assuming you'll be um, half sober in the stands. Yep, that's um, my game plan. <laughs> um, but And that's after, of course, the um, the pregame show at Hokie House, which if you're in town, uh, go hang out there. Uh, go listen to Andrew's radio show. Go listen to Mike's many different podcasts. Um, and share this podcast with your friends. We're having a good season. Um, glad that the bye week is over and looking forward to being back in Blacksburg for the second time this year. That's exactly right, Rick. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks to the folks over at Main Street Pharmacy. We'll see you all this weekend. Enjoy the game. Let's come away with a victory. We'll be here to recap it on Monday, one way or the other. Until then, go Hokies. <laughs>